I'm Mecca Boss. And I'm Katie Myrie. And we're two food people who like to talk about food and eat it. Welcome to Snacks Everywhere, the food show for the 99%. I'm Katie Myrie. In this episode, we think about foodies. As Mecca just stated in our intro, we love to eat food. But apparently it's the talking about food that can get us into some trouble. You see, Mecca and I are what some people would call foodies. The internet defines a foodie as a douchebag who likes food, which kind of implies that we're not very popular. So we take this episode to discuss what foodie culture would be if it weren't weren't for those awful douchebags named Mecca and Katie, and we ask a non-foodie to help us break through a food culture that divides instead of unites foodies and non-foodies alike along the journey of finding food that we all love. Our non-foodie in question happens to be my girlfriend, who looked at me like a crazy person when I told her that we needed a stronger food relationship. Turns out we all want to eat good food, and we have a little bit to learn from each other. Check it out. So Katie, you had a thought. And what you told me is that you've been thinking about why people hate foodies. No, I'm trying to improve my relationship with my girlfriend, so that's why we're here. The age old. So let's talk about that. What does your relationship with your girlfriend have to do with foodies and why people hate them? Uh, well, uh, you think about relationships and you think about wanting to share something you love with them. And I think about this not just with my girlfriend, with all my friends and people that are around me. Um, and food is the way that I speak. Food is the way that, you know, not only speak, just like food is what I do for fun. Food is something that kind of checks all the boxes of what is good in life, in my opinion. Do you agree? <laughs> well, food is also for survival, so. Oh, I guess, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, <laughs> well, and that said, food is for survival for lots of people. And then for those of us who are food people, it goes far beyond survival. Yeah, we get to be comfortable in our ways of saying that food is food is for fun. So yeah, so I've been in those environments for sure, like over the years as a not just like a food person, but also like a professional cook. And so a lot of times over the years, I'll be in environments where I'll be with other cooks. And all we can talk about is food. So we'll be yeah. eating food at a restaurant or at yeah. someone's home and we'll be eating and drinking. And then we'll be talking about eating and drinking while we're eating and drinking. And if there's someone from another industry with us, inevitably they kind of yeah. stop participating in the conversation, which can be kind of sad yeah. because you don't want to leave people out. But then at the same time, you're so excited about what you're talking about that they like you, you secretly, you don't really care if they're left out. Yeah. And so maybe now, I mean, maybe that answers the question why people hate foodies because we're assholes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's exactly real because this happened this week where there's a, there's a new restaurant opening in town and I was already curating the experience like, Oh, let's invite this person. Let's invite this person. Let's get a big group together. And my girlfriend was like, well, if that happens, we're just gonna, we're just gonna talk about food. And like, I want to go eat the food. I don't want to oh, talk about it. Right. <laughs> Cause we would just talk about it the whole time. Right. Versus, you know. So does it, so I guess my question to you would be, does it concern you that some people hate you <laughs> because you're a foodie? People hate me because of that. You're the one who said uh, people hate foodies. I do so much worse things than 
be a foodie. Be a foodie. <laughs> what do you do that's worse? <laughs> What's worse than being a foodie? Mecca, we only have 15 minutes. <laughs> All right. So why, I mean, does it concern you? Does it bother you? It makes me sad, I think. Like, it, I mean, yeah, it concerns me. It bothers me. It makes me sad. It makes me confused. It's like, the reason that I love food is because it is so personal and it is so welcoming. Like, you think of like growing up and how people who loved you and cared about you would like bring you in and give you food and that was their way of caring for you but now it's like oh if you if you extend that to other people it's it's almost like oh you're a food person I don't I'm I'm uncomfortable with this I don't know anything about that I can't respond to you equally equally in this manner when really it should it should be about like I'm sharing with you it should be the other way around yeah like, yeah. so, so it does disturb you because you're trying to engage somebody in something that you enjoy. And I've had this experience, too, where I, someone understands that I write about food for, for a living, <laughs> half a living. I cook food for the other half, and then suddenly we're, instead of, instead of engaging on that level, the person can sometimes get, um, in, like, somehow intimidated, and that sucks, because that is, like, the polar opposite of the response that I would want yeah and and what's confusing is like you know your interest your passion in life might be opera singing it might be you know professional sports it might be you know literature whittling whittling right and I could go to you and say um hey what's your passion you tell me whittling and I'd be like oh I know nothing about that great but with food it's like everybody has eaten three Mm -hmm. times a day for their life so I have a really hard time seeing how it's a big jump and seeing how like there's like people who just eat for utility and people who eat for all these other you know foodie reasons in quotes and i guess like i don't see a huge difference between the two like we both know what we like and either don't like trying things or like trying things but we have we we all have an experience around food where not all of us have an experience around whittling or an experience around opera singing so it's just frustrating when people like shut off that door because you're a foodie, you know all these things, and you have all this experience where I don't. It's like, yes, you do. Right. You have all of that experience. Well, so my theory is that, sadly, foodie culture is to blame for that. So, Yeah, we, we hate them. Yeah, so we hate the other foodies. We don't hate ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the sad the reality about foodie culture is that it's over the past, like, say, I don't know, let's, let's call it, like, 30 years or so foodie culture has become sort of this esoteric highbrow thing that excludes instead of includes. Yeah. And and I was just talking to a friend about this last night that you know read read certain certain um publications or whatever wherever you take in your food food reading if you do. And, if you do. <laughs> and you you'll find the word exclusive or something pertaining to that often. Mm. It just creeps in. <clears throat> and so people get the sense that good food is for someone else or 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 food thinking about food or cooking food is for other people yeah. and you'll you'll often hear people say if they want to engage with another food person on um, any subject whatsoever that pertains to food oftentimes you'll you'll hear them kind of start to self-efface themselves and say but I, I mean I'm no chef or anything or right. I, I don't really know that much about food or anything and I call bullshit because everybody yeah. knows about food yes. they know about their food and their food is just as valid if not more so than something you'll find in Bon Appetit magazine or Savour or whatever it is 
whatever you wherever you take in your highbrow food media. Yeah. Um, and so that's the thing that I want to, as I go forth with dedicating my life to being a food person, <laughs> is to like include instead of exclude. And like the the point you said about like you're just as valid. It's not even about validity. It's no. about just like every person's experience is still interesting in that regard. Like you, because you still have to eat a bunch of things. You have to you have thoughts on things that maybe you've never tried before and that's interesting you have a position on something and maybe your position is that it is a utility and that's interesting in itself like I think it's just frustrating when um I mean you you get people who think of it as utility still enjoying these experiences around food like for example if there's like a simple gathering around you said like a, a plate of lasagna that you got you bought from Stouffer's right you're still going to sit around a table and eat it and enjoy some kind of company around it. And that's an experience. Like it's, it's discounted because it's not cool or worth sharing. I think that's bullshit. So how do we, so we, we understand the problem. We understand <laughs> potentially kind of where it comes from to some degree. Um, and again, I do blame, I blame food media very much. And I also blame, one of the things I blame most is food as competition I yeah. hate that, and I've always hated it. Um, and sadly, like that's some of our biggest examples of foodieism yeah. are the top chefs, the chopped, you know, you name the food competition. Because so these people, they race around, they compete against each other as cooks, and then they stand in front of a panel of judges who dress them down yeah. and talk to them like they're pieces of garbage because they used the oranges instead of the tangelos or something. <laughs> and I think that's one of the great tragedies of food media is it makes people feel bad instead of good. Right? Yeah. It can. Or it can make people feel bad instead of good. Well, also, it doesn't It doesn't really create a very, like, relatable experience. Because, I mean, my brother-in-law and my sister, they love cooking shows. Like, those kind of competition things mm-hmm. that are really, like... Lots of people do. Yeah, and they're not, they're not what I would, like, say are people like, like foodie people. They love food. They love to eat, right? Um, they're, they're my, like, perfect happy medium between the two, right, that we're talking about. Um, but they love sports, so that that's mm. that's their in. But then when they're they're gathering things from the show, like Mike, my brother in law would say to me like, yeah, and then they used this ingredient in this way, and I I mean you probably would have thought of it, but I would have never thought of this. And I'm like, I would have never thought of that. Like I'm never gonna do that in my kitchen, you know. So but he feels like it's more valid because it's on TV. Well, I mean that, and also like it's not really doing anything to actually bridge that divide. It's only furthering it because it's like. You're watching this as a spectacle, and it's only going to get more and more and more crazy. And when you're at home cooking, you're going to make roasted vegetables. You're going to make, like, your family yeah. favorites. You're not going to make these crazy, like, I have, I have to do this one special ingredient, and I don't know what I'm going to use, use it for, and I don't know how I'm going to use it. And it's like, that's not really the reality of food. No, and that, and yeah, and those are, and those are the messages and the images that we're getting bombarded with yeah. most instead of images and messages that we all get to participate in this thing of yeah. food. Yeah. So we know what the problem is. What's the solution? How do we get people to hate foodies less? <laughs> or is there a solution or should we concern ourselves with it? I think we just drink a lot of wine. <laughs> well, we've already got that covered, Katie. <laughs> Isn't that the answer to all the world's problems? Drink a lot of wine? Yes. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different answers. I, I think like... I mean, I think it's about creating experiences that are specific to marrying the two, right? So it's not like 
creating a food experience that represents you and inviting people into it it's like finding a place to like make everyone feel like they're entering into the same grounds like there's not gonna be like somebody said like nobody will order this thing on the menu because it's hard to pronounce it's mm. absolutely true like no one wants to feel stupid yeah. in any regard in that's life. why the so, burger always sells so well right like you know what you're ordering you know like when they ask you questions, you're not going to feel uncomfortable because you know you, like, cheese on your burger or you know you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, in, like, micro situations, it's still it's still like that. Like, you're still being thoughtful about, like, being gracious with those little moments that somebody might not know something, but that's not the point. And my problem is, is that's not the point. Those details are not the point. It's the experience around it that's the point. Well, and that's, and I think you, I mean, I think you really hit the nail on the head is, like, nobody wants to feel silly. Yeah. And and nobody should feel silly where it comes to food. And I've mm. been there. I've been writing about food in some capacity or another for <clears throat> many years. And um, I probably spent at least the first third of my career feeling silly because I didn't I didn't know a lot of things that people were talking to me about. And there was no Internet when I started. So I couldn't just grab my phone and Google something. So oftentimes... Nobody, like, gave you the foodie Bible? <laughs> no, which I have it now. Okay. But, um, which gets updated every year, by the way. Right, but, right. Um, but the point is that, like, you fake it till you make it, kind of. And so, like, I was interested enough in food to, to do that, to be like, well, I'm just going to participate in this, and I'm going to go ahead and, you know, when somebody talks to me about, you know, fish eggs, I'm going to pretend that I know all the things about fish eggs when really I don't. But um, I think, like, the problem is acute enough that it really could affect your friendships Mm -hmm. and your relationships. Yeah. Because, and and what we want to do is share, right? And so I like, I like your approaches. Dinner, you throw dinner parties. Yeah. And you often have a theme where folks have to participate or you mm-hmm. would like it if they do but you always say like and if you don't want to you don't have to of course you're yeah. still welcome yeah but like bring having... alcohol <laughs> pull your weight <laughs> the, yeah, the ultimate in participation <laughs> yeah, yeah um but like i think that's a great that's a great solution then people people leave those spaces feeling empowered and feeling yeah. like hey like actually I, I can do this but like what what else do you see as like a, a bridge as you put it uh <laughs> not to put you on the spot or anything but no I think I mean I think it's about humility and about mm. about um like I'm not going to gain anything from telling you that I know something right and I don't know a lot like I'm still really new in my whole food journey and it's like if I'm like what do I get out of telling you how to prepare this thing I get you being angry with me and being <laughs> like weirded out that like I think I know better than you when really I could actually learn something from mm. you so I think it's, it, it has to be like, we have to look at food and experiences around food. Like I'm, I have no expectations of this and I'm, I'm going to just let it be what it is and let the people around me define that. And I mean, my problem is like when I get into a food experience, I feel like I'm a force in it. Like I want to control things and I want to push things in a certain direction. And, you know, I, the, with the last, the, the dumpling party, like, I picked something that I really selfishly wanted to happen. Like, I wanted dumpling leftovers, right? <laughs> but I also thought it would and be really them. fun. And I happened to invite a bunch of people over, and I was thinking about the day out, but I'm like, oh my god, like, a lot of these people don't know each other. But then I got, we got to the party, and a lot of people not only didn't know each other, but they didn't know how to roll dumplings. And so we all just, like, stumbled through this together, and it's like a... 
the, in that way, like, we got, we get to learn things about each other, because we're, we're all, like, seeing our personality coming out through the act of, like, half-ass rolling dumplings together, and it, it's just fun that way, and actually, it was, like, one of the most successful of the gatherings I've thrown, because, like, the most, and I gauged this based on the amount of strangers that were, like, having long conversations with each other. Right. So, I guess that so, goes back to the, the dinner party thing, but... I'm going to wrap it up with four, three keywords. Humility. Mm. K- keep on inviting strangers together. <laughs> and don't be afraid to half-ass some shit. I thought you were going to say, don't be an asshole, which is number five. <laughs> or four. Um, that should probably be number one. Okay. Don't yeah. be an asshole. It's okay to be a foodie, but try really hard. It's one of the cardinal rules of life. Try really hard not to be an asshole. And it's, it's like, also, on the other hand, okay to have food, like, a certain food thing be your thing. And to share that with people. But the, that's where the humility comes in. It's don't like, be an asshole about it. Don't be an asshole about it. And share. And share. Share, baby. Share. <laughs> um, so, Kenza. Yes. Kenza, what's your last name? My name is Kenza Sahir. Sahir. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite thing in the whole wide world to eat? I love pizza. What do you like about it? Um, Which I know is kind of a stupid <laughs> question, but I think it's like I, the most universally liked thing in the world. Right, yeah. And I didn't even realize how much I liked it until maybe like two or three years ago. So as an adult, I figured out my love of pizza. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, tell, that's interesting. Tell me more. Um, I never really felt... I was never really, like, the question, like, what's your favorite food? I didn't really have an answer until maybe, like, three years ago, so I was, like, 22, 23, and I just kind of realized how much I wanted pizza and how much I loved eating it, and it's one of those foods I could eat every single day and wouldn't grow tired of it. So you didn't have an answer until two or three years ago? Yeah. What, so if, if someone asked you that before two or three years ago, what did you say? I just told them I didn't really have an answer. I liked lots of different... I mean, I liked different foods, and I enjoyed, like, I like eggs, and I like cheese, and I like this, but I kind of went through a bunch of phases of things where I would eat the same thing, like, pretty, like, regularly, so I went through a phase in college where I had cheese quesadillas with the chipotle mayonnaise on them every lunch for, like, three months, and then eventually... I don't know. I just stuck to pizza. Did you ever think, did you ever think the people who were asking you about your favorite food, did you ever find that to be an unusual question? Or did you get it often enough that it wasn't unusual? I think, I guess I never really thought of it as usual because it will, would either come up in the context of like you're meeting someone and somehow like you're in the cap or something. And so you're like talking about what you're eating or else it was something where someone noticed that I kind of ate the same and you thing. Work, and you work at a school. So yeah, you said the CAF. So for anyone, the, for the four people oh. who are listening. So you, <laughs> you work at a school. So you're, in, you're taking lunch breaks with your colleagues. Yeah, so lunch breaks, but then even in college, so in the cafeteria at college. Okay. You know, just be like, oh, what's going on? And you'd be like, I really love this. And be like, hey, what is your favorite food? Because, you know, you're just kind of hanging out all the okay. time with the same people. Um, and the reason why I asked you that is because... One of the things that Katie and I talk about sometimes is that, like, that's probably within meeting someone that might be, like, the third question I ask them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the population at large always does that. No. So, and I think, and so that's going to be my next question is, do you think <laughs> the world is divided between food people and non-food people? <laughs> 
And we're asking you specifically yeah. because we have we have determined that you're a non-food person, and I hope that's okay. Yeah, I'm a non-food person. <laughs> okay. I know it. So do you think, <laughs> and you know it, so that's also why you're a good guest for this. But do you think that the world is divided between food people and non-food people? And, you, and I'm not trying to lead the witness. You can right. answer however you wish. Agree or disagree. <laughs> um, I think in the way that I think about food people, I definitely think there's a divide because I have yet to meet a person who I'd be like, you're a, like, who's like a, a moderate food person. Like, it just kind of dabbles <laughs> okay. in it. Like I've never met someone who's like, I'm just like really into this this one part of food. It's like you're in or you're not. So so this is so funny to me. So if you're a food person, like you're obviously like an extreme food person. Yeah, there's with no- like with like several X's. <laughs> like Yeah, like X X X X X food person. So Okay, so and how do those people how do these extreme food people strike you in your everyday life so in other words like how do you how do you determine an, a, an extreme per- food person which is basically all of us evidently okay yeah I think usually one of the first signs for me is so we do a lot of eating I don't okay so maybe it always starts with them talking about needing to have like specific dinner parties is how it kind of starts and I'm like, okay, like, I think I'm getting a read on you. Like, where you fall in this, these two categories. And then, so there's that. But, like, that can be kind of, anyone can kind of do that. Like, oh, let's get together and make something. But then it becomes a bit more, it's, like, persistent. It's, like, they're just a bit, it's kind it's of an over. It's an overarching theme of life. Right, yeah, or like, this is. This is what we do. We won't, we, won't, we won't relax until we've had our specific dinner party of the moment. Right, yes. And then do we... I can answer this question. <laughs> and then once that dinner party has been finished, do we begin planning the next? Probably even before that dinner party has happened, you start planning the next one. So the way I've always, the way I've always described my own foodiness is, is um, talking about dinner while you're eating lunch. So, yeah, so, so you're, like, eating the food that you just, like, I think of the various things I've gone to, like, you just had this huge Italian meal that you've been, like, working on all day, and everyone brings all of these things, and maybe you're already, ser- like, you're only even serving yourself or others, and you're already like, and let's do a taco party next, and I'm like, we haven't even eaten this meal. I just have this image of this person with this, like, groaning scoop of lasagna that's, like, dripping cheese, and then they're like... <laughs> What about tacos next? And and you're right. I've done that. Yeah. I, I do it all the time. I've yeah. So as a non-food person, obviously you know you that strikes you as odd. Um, does it strike you as at all annoying? I don't know if I find it. There are times that I find it annoying, especially like when I've been cooking all day. I'm like, let's just focus here. Like, can we just have a moment where we enjoy? Like, for me, I'm like, let's just enjoy, like, what's, let's write, what's right here, and then talk about taco parties in, like, half an hour. So, in other words, a, a different kind of dinner topic, conversation, right. than tacos. Well, or the next dinner party. Like, we can talk about the food that's happening. Like, but let's talk about the food that's right here in front of us. Although right. we already spent hours talking about it. So, I understand that. I used to, before, before foodiness was such a pervasive thing or food, before, so in other words, before like foodie culture permeated yeah. all of regular culture, there was, um, 
people who worked in the food industry, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, cooks, chefs, even, even, you know, bartenders, servers, whatever. And so whenever I would get together with my colleagues in that world, and then there would be inevitably like a spouse or a friend or a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever, who came into the table and we would, we, we would all, so we would call it like shop talk, you know? So it mm-hmm. all, it would always inevitably wind up about the restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the poor person who wasn't involved would eventually just fall completely silent. And then, and then you would try, you would kind of try to, to, to bring them in, but eventually it just doesn't work. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, and then, and then the thing that's, Katie and I discussed this in the intro to this particular episode, there is a little part of you that kind of doesn't care because you, (laughs) that's what you know. And it's what you like to talk about. And like, you might try to draw the person in, but it doesn't work. And then you just kind of like default to being an asshole food person who just (laughs) talks about food because that's what we know. Right. And so, um, Aside from it being obvious and conspicuous and maybe from time to time somewhat annoying, um, I think what, what we want to, what we as food people, which just sounds so annoying <laughs> to begin with, want to do though is like we, we really, I think the key though is that we do want to bring people in, right? Mm-hmm. So, so um, one thing that comes to mind is I was just on a date and I asked the guy no fewer than a few, three times what his favorite food was. Okay. And... And the reason why I kept asking was, like, his, his answers to me were just kind of basic. You know, he was like, well, I don't know, like, a good burger is good. Or, right, it's or, like a category almost. Yeah, like, like a good burger. I, you know, I dig that. Or, like, you know, fish. But that's just, like, my pizza answer. Right. <laughs> and so then I would, and then, like, a little bit later I'd ask again. And then by the third time, like, he, he, was, he, was, he was looking at me like I needed, like, some sort of emotional help, you know. And, I, and then I said, like, no, I, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I, I, this is how I understand people. You know, like, Mm -hmm. like I just, it's fascinating to me and it it means something to me to know you and what you like to eat. It's, it's important to me, right? It's interesting to me. And so, so the point is here that what I'm trying to make is we are trying to understand the person (laughs) through the food. Yeah. And (laughs) that can be hard when our answer is pizza. (laughs) So what can we do? So, so how can we all come together? As food people and non-food people, mm-hmm. right? Because, because like, so you and Katie are together. Katie's an extreme with triple X food person, X-X-X-X-X. and you're not. And you, but you all are finding some common grounds, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's taken. Time. So, talk to me about that. How did how did you find that common ground? How did it about how did, food? Yeah, like how are you finding like a like a common ground that you both can dig? Um, about food. I mean, yeah. There's obviously yes. other things you connect on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it took a while to even, I guess in Katie's eyes, like that was kind of lacking for a while, but she didn't even have the words to talk about that. So it took a while to be there, to get there and even be like, this is something that we need to do together or like be involved in together for me to feel, to feel fulfilled in this relationship. And I was like, okay, cause that's not something I think about. Cause my favorite food is pizza. <laughs> um, pizza yeah, is good. Pizza is um and but yeah so it's been kind of like I I mean initially very quickly realized that Katie was really into food and maybe this is something I needed to you know buff up a little in because you know I'm an adult too and that's an okay thing an okay skill for me to to acquire and so like I'm thankful that I've been able to kind of explore that in a much 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 less extreme way 
um, of just like, hey, I want to make my grandma's chicken recipe because I haven't even thought about that for years. But you're talking about like all these things your family make. Like, what does my family make? Oh, like I know of these things. Um, it has been a lot of her cooking and me being there, asking questions, being involved in the decisions, kind of sometimes letting her go wild in the kitchen (laughs) sometimes me saving that in a very weird way that I never would have expected Um, she does go wild that's one of my favorite things about Katie well and she also she chooses the most complicated recipes that exist in the world and she'll just be like yeah I'm just gonna do this no I'm gonna do three of them it's not just one. It's three separate and she recipes goes in, I've never tried. And she goes in headlong, and I love it because she has no fear. She yeah, actually yeah. has no fear of failure. She'll mm-hmm. be like, actually, that she'll, she'll be like, that sucked. But then <laughs> she'll also know then for the next time what she did wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's how you learn. And I think so many people are terrified of the kitchen, and that's a tragedy to me. Because it's like, well, if I don't get it right, then the world is going to fall apart. And it's like, no, you throw it away and you start again. You know, yeah, I mean, you might lose 20 bucks on the groceries that you just but, bought, but it'll be okay. Right, it's going to be fine. She has better. no ego around it, which is super refreshing. She just wants to learn. She's curious. Yeah, and definitely, yeah, we've found as we've continued to have this relationship with food within our relationship. <laughs> mm. um, I like that. Her words, not mine. <laughs> okay, either way, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we found that we have, like, very different styles of cooking, which I think are evident in our personalities in general, like you're saying, like, she just chooses something, she's going to do it, does it all the way, and I am definitely, I'm a human, so, like, I get this recipe, I'm going to pretty much follow it to see, like, how that all goes out. I will make tweaks, especially when it comes to spices, because how I learned from mostly my mom watching when she did cook was, like, you make this until it smells good. Mm. Perfect. And so, like, the recipe, like, the chicken recipe I was talking about, it's just a list of spices, and you make it until Mm. it smells good. So I have this, like, mix of I'm going to follow these rules in the recipe, but then also, like, if it doesn't smell good, I'm not going to do that. But often I'm going to follow it, and I'm going to do it a couple times, and then I know how to, like, I can tweak it and how I want to make it mine, but I don't start at the place of, I'm just going to go for this and you know, just like dive in. I'm just more methodical at the beginning and then as we progress. But that's a really intuitive way of cooking. And I think that's super interesting, you know, and you, and I also think it's interesting that you're developing that as through via the relationship with your food person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like something I would have never really noticed. Not that I wasn't doing that, but I just didn't even take the time to notice that that's what I was doing. Like I want to be really comfortable with this. And then I'm going to be like, Oh, I don't care about that. Or I want this. I want more of this. Well, and that's one of the things that Katie and I discussed too was with food, you, you haven't, you haven't, instant in because everybody has to eat even if you just are having the chipotle mm-hmm. mayo quesadilla every day which by the way sounds great <laughs> you I've, I've been in relationships and friendships with people where they have like hobbies and interests that are really es- kind of esoteric and I'm thinking like oh boy you know you're into soccer I really hate sports or like right you can't connect yeah and so but you want to try because they love it right and you love mm-hmm. them and so it's like okay I'm gonna try super hard to like be into soccer or you know maybe maybe you love the the the, the, the pop musician pink and so I'm gonna try to like pink you know but we all like to eat so and that's one of the things yeah. that we talked about before was um there's there's nothing wrong at all with 
quesadillas with chipotle mayo. In fact, I think there's plenty of things that are really interesting about that. Perhaps even more so than some of the things that people think are fancy or interesting <laughs> about food that aren't, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the thing that the key thing that we want to always like keep in mind is, with all the things we discuss. So that's why we have the f- food for the ninety nine percent. Is like I'm super fascinated in those parts of foodie culture that foodies often ignore or think are too lowbrow or something like that. Because oftentimes for me, that's where I find the most interesting stories. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes like. I think if I end up in a group of, quote, food people, and you're talking about all of these things, and I'm like, you know, I kind of care, I kind of don't, and then all of these, like, what I think of are very fancy things, and then, like, I'll be in a kitchen later, and I'm just like, I just want my eggs, my fried eggs, the same way I do it every day, and then my food person, for example, might be like, well, why don't you do it this way, and I'm like, because this is so good every single time, and I mean, I think maybe that's what I don't always understand it is something that I need to work on is like you can explore and find other things that are great but sometimes I'm like but my fried eggs and butter with toast every day are so good yeah they are and I just like don't I like don't want them to be fancier than they have to be they don't because, have to be you know I and nor know. should they be I don't know <laughs> your fried <laughs> eggs with toast are so super valid yeah we want to know about them though yeah. So the but next, that's it. That's all it is. It's like when I say I like pizza, like I like pizza. But that's, what? But what kind of pizza? Right, and I'm like, well, I can tell you, but I don't know if a pizza has ever sat in front of me and I haven't liked it. All the pizza. Right. So think about all the things we can talk about. Then you love all the pizza. All of the pizzas. I'm trying to think of any pizza I don't like. I don't like Canadian bacon and pineapple on them. Me neither. That classic combo: pineapple on a pizza, gross. I'm not a fan either. Okay, good. See, we have more in common. 